Podcast One. Today's guest founded a telecommunications company, you know, a business that competes with the likes of Telstra, Optus, Vodafone, bloody big organisations with marketing budgets equal to the GDP of small countries. And guess what? Five years on and he's absolutely nailing it. It's a Let's Take on the Big Boys episode 517 of the 11-year-old award-winning Small Business Big Marketing Podcast. Yeah, I said, welcome to a small business marketing show, where successful small business owners share their souls. To take your marketing straight to the lead, now here's your host, Mr. Tim Bowie. And welcome back to your weekly dose of marketing courage. I'm your host, Timbo Reed. You, infinitely more importantly, are a motivated business owner and hopefully you're ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. Big episode today. Telco founder Mark Fazio shares how he and his identical twin brother have created a customer happiness business that just so happens to sell telecommunications. This week's motivated listener is, in her own words, leaps and bounds ahead of where she was a few weeks ago, thanks to one simple idea she picked up on a recent episode. And I let you in on next week's guest, whose 30 location restaurant business is absolutely booming during COVID-19. As per usual, team, there is marketing G-O-L-D dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. Now, as you've probably picked up by now, I am in awe of business owners. No matter what your business, I think you guys are amazing how you put everything on the line to create a business and life you love. I'm even more in awe of business owners that launch into highly competitive categories where the competition is spending hundreds of millions of dollars annually to attract and retain customers. Well, Mark Fazio is one of those guys. He and his identical twin brother, David, launched Mate Telecommunications in 2015 from the backyard of their auntie's home in Western Sydney. Five years on, they've got a staff of 66 They've got over 35,000 clients, a swag of industry awards, and revenue in excess of $40 million. (laughs) Such a good story. Yes, this is a story of David and Goliath, but what's especially interesting is this is a story of a business laser-focused on creating customer happiness, which just happens to sell mobile and internet data plans. I started off by asking Mark if starting a telco is infinitely more complicated than starting, say, a trade or consulting business. Oh, absolutely. And starting a telco to me is a, a ludicrous idea, right? It's uh, what the, uh, we thought, what the hell are we doing? Why are we doing it? And, you know, we're crazy for doing it. And But I guess in, in our history, if I look at um, our our CEO, which is my identical twin brother, David, and, and myself in my history and in my work, we had the experience to do it. And uh, we thought, what the hell? But um, did you want me to talk about 
how he started and the reasons Mate, why. I have got so many questions for you, Mark, because I do. I mean, it's not every day you get to speak to someone who started a telco. You know, it's an industry which is you know, monopolised. I mean, there's some pretty big players in there. So, mate, go for gold. Absolutely. And you make a valid, very valid point, right? What a competitive market. And like when we started, we, th- we thought, what the hell are we doing this for, right? But um, the business, the whole idea started back in you know, 2015, give or take. And, you know, um, my identical twin brother, David, and yes, there is two of us. And yes, we're both bold. And yes, we both have beards, right? Yeah. Literally exactly the well, that's, same. That's and, uh, identical. <laughs> <laughs> but but he's the photocopy. I'm the original. I came out first, one minute and thirty <laughs> seconds. So he's the he's the photocopy. Um, my brother David, um, you know, he worked for a corporate business that sold telco networks to people like us at Mate, and so he had the experience of wholesaling his network that he was representing to businesses like us. So he had the the understanding of what it meant to build a network, buy airtime, and you know bandwidth and all these different things. And and what happened was that my twin brother, you know, is a very corporate, highly paced role. And he, he suffers a lot from anxiety and things like that. And I think it was really getting to him. And he had a, he has a young family and at that point, and it was really taking over from him. And I was actually, at that point, I was working at Microsoft and I was I was leaving to um, to move to Singapore um, in April, 2016. And I remember, I think maybe it was News Day on 2016. And I said, that's enough. Let's cut the crap, Dave. And let's get you out of the corporate world. Let's get you into your own business because I know you're good at what you do. I said, let's um, start a business. Let's aim to get about a thousand customers and that'll give you a wage. That'll maybe make us some money and then everybody will be happier. And I moved to, you know, I came up with a- And it was the idea of like start a telco business or just start a business that you both work together in? No, it was start a a business and then then we we said, let's start a business. Then we said, okay, telco is is our skill. Let's let's give it a crack, right? Um, And look, and there's a couple of things for that as well. One, it all started from- giving him a better life. Um, but the second thing was, is that the MBN was just starting to be sold to consumers at that point, right? You know, I think it was about, if I'm not mistaken, about 50% rolled out um, and consumers were starting to learn more about the MBN. And what was happening is that the big guys like TPG, Telstra and Optus, they were still focused on the old technology around ADSL because they were making 70 points of margin, right? And the MBN wasn't going to make that much margin for businesses. And so everybody was waiting for the last minute to do the switch with their customers, right? And we said, David goes, well, let's go to market. We can do it with no contracts and we can do it unlimited data. And I, I know there's no there's no Guinness Book of Records out there, but I mean, I'm going to say 99% sure that we were the first business to come out with unlimited MBN and no contracts. And and so we went to the market and you know, we started a business. Uh, we came up with a name. I moved to Singapore. David got his laptop and on top of a filing cabinet in my auntie's backyard and started the business, right? <laughs> and <laughs> I've got, got to ask, I've yeah. got to ask as an anxiety, a Fellow anxiety sufferer, how, yeah. how's David's anxiety at this point in time when he's got he's I think left it's worse sometimes, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's left a big comfy job, clearly one that put him under pressure, but um, also he's now running his own show. But that that's incredible. So top of a filing cabinet, Artie's backyard, mate, telco starts exactly, and that's Mark, literally Mark, how. What do you actually need? to start a telco? Like, do you do you go to one of the big providers like a Telstra or an Optus that has a pre-existing network and do you buy, and excuse my naivety here, but do you buy yeah. data, time, space? I don't even know what, but do you buy it off them wholesale and then you create a brand and 
market it. And and if that's the case, you're you're nodding your head. So I'm assuming that is the case. Well, I mean, like high level, absolutely. That's exactly what it is, right? Yeah. You find a you find a, a, a wholesale partner, you know, you negotiate a rate, and but you take some bets, right? Because the 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 more you buy, the obviously the better rates you get, and and then with especially with MBN, you got to buy, uh, and these are all terms I've just learned by working at mate. You got to buy capacity. You got to buy, you know, things around IP transit, backhaul, all these different things, and that's all due to the amount of customs you've got. So you need to sort of have an idea and sort of uh, put equations in place to work out, you know, how many customs I think I could get, uh, where I need to go, and then you need to connect with your, you know, your CRM or your billing systems and things like that. Those systems need to connect with those wholesale providers because those okay, wholesale okay. providers. There's so many yeah. questions. This is ridiculous. Yeah. A lot of lot of geeky stuff there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Clearly, between you and and twin brother Dave, you've got that sorted out. But it sounds to me like there's a lot of moving pieces, a lot of technical stuff that you've got to get right. Because I reckon you've got one shot at this. If mate, you know, first customer mate signs up and goes, that was a complete laugh. I'm going back to the big fellas. You're stuffed. How many months did you require before you could go hit the green button, go to market? And and where did that money come from? Did you you have some savings or whatever? How'd that all happen? Yeah. So one thing we're very proud of is that all the money that we've put into this business is in the back of our own pocket. Yeah, sure, we mortgaged, remortgaged our houses and things like that. But um, but it's all it's all come from our own back pocket, no investment. Um, which is which I think is something um, that we're very proud of, right? Now, some people might think it's pretty crazy, right? Because How much you, are we talking? Do you mind if I ask to to, um, to get a telco day one launch? Oh, you're looking at a million dollars, right? Um, you know, and not that we spent all a million dollars at one point, like right from the start, but and you you build and you gradually go, right? But you need to have sort of that that buffer in your back pocket to build things because you need to invest in things, hoping people come, right? As well, and the thing is, if you think about it, when we started, there was there was no marketing plan. It was it was all about build a network and try and tell people right about us in the most cost effective and cheap ways. You know, get your your basic setup, you know, get your social media set up, get people to share it. I know, print some brochures and walk around and get some exercise and put them in people's letterboxes and things like that. And that's what it was all about, right? And because the the bulk of the dollar goes goes in investing in your network and in the infrastructure yeah. to be able to deliver connectivity to your customers, right? But chicken or egg, big time, because it's all very well to invest in a network and have an awesome network and an awesome value proposition and offer. Um, but if you've got no customers, and mind you, your competition, uh, they're spending big dollars above the line, below the line, on the line, everywhere. Absolutely. And yep. you've you've spent all this dough to get it right. And then you've just got to go out and establish, I think the big one here, there's two parts to this. There's You've got to establish trust yep. so people sign on to you. I imagine in your favour, there's probably a lot of people out there with their noses out of joint because they've had a bad experience with one of the telcos. So they're ready for something like mate to come along. But, but just explain that. How did you get those first few customers? So, look, I mean, in the in the telco market, and, and you, you would know, in, in a lot of industries, there's a lot of what they call comparison sites, right? And the comparison site, if you're starting a brand new telco, the comparison site is like a foolproof plan to try and get traction or get, uh, acquire customers, right? Because we started in, in a very co- cost-conscious-minded strategy, whereas go to comparison sites because the comparison sites spend money on in driving 
traffic, right? You know, they spend money on SEO and uh, marketing and getting traffic to their site. And then our job was just to make sure that we had a compelling offer and then uh, consumers would choose us, right? And so in the, in the beginning, it was all about the cost conscious customer. In a market where telco providers or our competitors weren't really pushing MBN, right? And so we were very unique in the space. One of, uh, you know, like people I can count on one hand that were pushing an MBN offer um, in this market and we were doing it at, as the most cost-effective price. And that is honestly where we drove the first lot of our customers up until pretty much until, you know, midway through 2018, right? And so- From, from comparison sites. From comparison sites. How absolutely. do you get listed on a comparison site? Do you pay to play? Do you hope absolutely. they pick you- Oh, you do. Yeah, okay. yeah. So it, it depends on a bunch of things, right? So comparison site, you, you literally, some of them you pay per click, some of them you subscribe to, but most of them are you, you pay per click, right? Um, so we're which talking about best- like iSelect, for example, in Australia as a comparison site. Yeah, but iSelect, I would classify a comparison site that has a sales channel. So you, you pay on conversion, right? Where there's comparison sites like um, finder.com.au, um, Canstar Blue, Whistleout, for example. And Whistleout is probably the biggest one for telco and you pay per click on their site, right? And so if you're going on the site and you search, okay, I want no contract, I want unlimited data, I want, you know, I want to pay this much a month, then it will filter out your options and then and then you, you will come up in comparison against your competitors and then the, um, the relevant uh, consumer will choose the offer or the the ideas that are, um, you know, that they think that that, are, that makes sense to them, and then there's a button on that comparison site that you click. When somebody clicks that button, that's when you pay, right? Okay. So um, yeah. a couple of things. Ironically, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't mates.com.au a comparison site? Mates.com.au. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. just did a bit of. I, you, you, I, never, I did I, a bit I, of research. I've never seen it to be honest with you. Ah, okay. Yeah, because I was yeah. looking, I was wondering why you've gone with uh, the, the website you've had, which is letsbemates.com.au, which is how, how to find you guys. But but ironically, I just want to take a step back because we're now into, okay, we now understand how you've got your first customer. I'm under, I'm actually keen to understand um, why the name Mate and yep. what, what your big um, point of difference was going into this because you couldn't just go, okay, we've got all the, technical, all the technology in place, open the door, why, you yep. know, it was why. So why the name Mate? So Mate, uh, and if I look back to when we, when we chose the name Mate in, I think it was February 2016, my job was obviously was sales and marketing, David's job was operations. And my view is, I did a lot of research in the market there. And, you know, I've been, uh, you know, I worked at a startup um, in the telco space. I worked for people like BlackBerry, et cetera. And, and one thing, if you look at all the research back then, particularly, um, you know, telco was considered faceless, right? You know, no one trusted what they, what they got given. It always meant that it was a, a necessary evil. People felt like they got locked into something that they didn't understand what they got locked into. And people just bought something based on because they needed it versus understanding what it was. And in, there was a lot of things I did to understand that, you know, I put in a lot of favors for, you know, a lot of media agencies and research agencies to, to have a conversation. And my view is how do I how do I gain that trust from day one? And I think you need to do that from a brand perspective, right? And, you know, look at Aussies, right? What are we, what is the, the one thing that we trust the most? And in some, in some families, more than family, right? Is our mates, right? And I said, well, shit, man, let's, it's this thing, let's just call it mates. And then, and then going back to your point on the website, I looked at mate.com.au and some bloody bloke wanted to need $200,000 for it. I said, oh, you can Because I right? noticed it's still available. It's just parked. 
It's parked and it's and somebody's asking a lot of money for it, right? Two hundred grand, come on, mate! I think, it's, I think it's come down half that. But my oh. view is, you know what? I, I, I'm a big market. When it comes to marketing, I, I, it needs. My view is that something always needs to have a call to action to to create a behaviour. And to me, let's be mates is a better feeling. Come on, let's be mates. You know, and and okay. that's yeah. And okay, that's why so let me challenge you on it. Clearly, it's yeah. working for you. I guess yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, there's a wonderful saying. I, I like it anyway. It's don't tell me you're funny. Tell me a joke. All right. Okay. I could argue that. Oh, we're mates. Let's be mates. You know, we're a friendly brand, and you know, you're going to love us because we're going to be your mate. And I'm like, as a customer, come on, buddy. You're not my mate. You just want my money. So how do you flip that and gain the trust and get people to really? You know, I guess an acid test for you is if a customer says, you really are like a mate, you really do care. Yeah. Well, I mean, two things there, right? Um, I think one, it comes with our, our brand values and our, and our brand statements, right? Which I start with, you know, we, we went straight out with no contracts. We went straight out with unlimited data for MBN. We went out with um, all Aussie call center. So every every single person we have is onshore. And we also went out with one month risk-free guarantee. So it's we said that in the and I'll add to month, that no setup fees, no, no plan change fees. fees. No plans change. And so what's the risk, right? And so my, my, th- my, my view is that those are the, those are the claims that we make because we back ourselves, right? And if you're not happy, well, then you don't have to stick with us. And we gave you, we give you every single reason and opportunity to not stick with us if you're not happy within those first 30 days, right? And so you have all the freedom that you need to trust us. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah, 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 yeah and man. Then- what, what confidence, yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and that's, you know, I, I give a lot of credit to my twin brother, David, on that. And not that I usually give him that much credit, no, <laughs> but um, he, he understands that world, right? He understands the network connectivity, how to build networks, all those different things. And he understands what he can and can't do. And so he's put his, you know, his, uh, you know, his heart and soul on the line to deliver that. And then I think we've backed that up with, with what we do. And, and then the second part of that is that we have a saying in our business and obviously the customer is always right, but we call ourselves a customer happiness business that happens to sell telco. Right. And that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing for us because, you know, uh, you know, people say, are you a customer service organization? Are you a telco organization? Telco is just what we sell. Customer happiness is what we try to deliver. And the reason why I do that and we say that and we created that as our brand because, you know, we, we, we connect into the MBN and we connect in for mobiles, we connect into the Telstra network. And there's always a, a certain percentage where that's out of our control, right? You know, especially when a customer orders a service and then we go and connect them and there's some something may happen. You know, the MBN has seven different types of technologies houses are connected in some weird and wonderful ways that we need to go and work out. And But there's a certain element that we've got no control over and we rely on somebody else, right? But one thing we can take control of is the happiness of that customer. And that might mean that they might have a challenging situation to get connected, but we can we can empower them through the communication that we send to keep them across what's happening. We can communicate with them to make them feel comfortable and happy that we're sorting their situation out. And we know what we can make them laugh and make them feel comfortable with everything that's going on. And if you look at the staff we have in our business, you know, we, we have another uh, motto in our business is that we hire based on uh, motivation and ambition and attitude. And then we feel like the rest can be taught, right? And if you ring up our team, we've got some crazy characters there, right? We've got mm. um, 
Frankie. Frankie is one of our characters. He he used to be a, a, a cement renderer. Then he turned into a hairdresser. And now he leads our provisioning team, <laughs> you know, and he gives everybody haircuts in the office. And not, not me, obviously, because I've got no hair. Um, but then we've got a, another guy, Racco, and uh, who, that's his nickname. His name's Mark as well. And he was a, he was a form worker and hurt his back. And, you know, he had a, a, a challenging couple of years trying to work out, well, I can't go back to work. And we gave him an opportunity, but he had every ambition and attitude to make a difference. And now he's our, he leads our technical team. And you may see, this is big muscly guy walking around with, you know, tats on his arms. And you wouldn't think that he leads our technical team. Love but it. Honestly, blood, sweat and tears that guy delivers. And don't get me wrong. Now, you now need, Mark, Mark yeah. I love how excited you are about your business. I want to talk people and culture down the track, Go but I'm it. still, I'm, I'm interested on something you touched on earlier. Yep. The only thing that you control, you said, is your customer happiness. Absolutely. Yep. And more businesses should probably take a leaf out of that book, full stop. Um, you are at the whim of, is it, Tel- who, are, who are you buying your data through? Is it Telstra or... Yeah, so or? it depends. In MBN, we go through uh, uh, part of our network goes through a wholesaler called Vocus. Okay, right? so which yeah, is yeah. one of the big four. Wh- whoever it is, they can hold you hostage at any point in time, right? You just got to hope that they don't, and yeah. that you know, because at the end of the day, if something goes wrong, you don't own any hardware, you don't own any of that, any of the software. You are just a, a, a purchaser. How does how do you manage that? Yeah, yeah. Look, that that's true to a certain extent. There's a lot we can do. Don't get me wrong, but there's the, the processes and and systems that these companies have is where we hold hostage, right? Where we held hostage, if that makes sense. And so, um, if something goes down their side, we need to wait for that to come back up and those different things. And and to your point, to your question about how we manage that, it's it's honestly it's around communication and expectations, right? And a customer uh, um, is happy if they feel empowered if they understand what is going on and if you're transparent with them as well, right? And I think if you look at our, you know, if you look at our brand, our social, our communication, we're very transparent around how we communicate with the customer because there's a lot of variables when it comes to connectivity, right? And and I think that's how we get around it, transparency and um, in communication uh, in abundance that empowers the customer. Let's cut to that chase. What is the, what is the secret source to making a customer feel uh, empowered. It's a uh, regular communication, the right, obviously communication, and then your tone of language. Like mm. we're very big on, you know, we answer the phone. How you going, mate? You know, we keep it, <laughs> we keep it real, we keep it normal. Uh, oh, you know, we use words like in our scripts, like oh bugger, that's no good, or or whatever it is. And I think we humanize what we do, and the. Te- Connectivity brought, I, don't, I mean, and look, not, not bagging our competitors, but a lot of our competitors have overseas core centers and they use the terminology like, you know, buzzwords and oh, connectivity and um, local area network and all these different things. We say, oh, the thing that plugs into the back of the modem, um, oh, make sure it's uh, the lights are on and things like that. And I think that's the secret source to us, right? It's our tone. It's the it, replacing big words with, with, the, with the right words that make sense to customers every day. Mate, I love that you are a brand with your own language and really actually how it should be. It's all the others that have gone and created this kind of tech speak, which none of us want to hear. It's scary stuff, but it's like how it... Yeah, I mean, if I look at MBN, like MBN, they have all these different technologies like FTTP and FTTC and all these different things. I mean, I'm a marketer, I work in this business. Even I don't even understand half of it, right? (laughs) So, I mean, the good thing is that 
because I don't understand it, I can try and dumb it down. And yeah. I don't know if dumb down is the right word to use because we're not making it dumb. We're just making Normalize it, it easy. Yeah. Tell me, uh, you got you, you get your first customers through these comparison sites, Mark. Things are starting to go well. Just describe to us that first six months as you are starting to build the beast. Well, you know, it's hard to give you an exact example on the floor because I was living in Singapore and everything I was doing sales and marketing wise, I was doing on the weekends while I was doing my job at Microsoft. And so, but if I, you know, if I give you my understanding of the floor and, you know, it started, uh, it started literally um, in this big what we call a cabana room where Mahani holds her uh, parties with our family and David's in there by himself surrounded by, you know, because there's about 90 of us, you know, cousins, wives, we're Italian, that's what happens. And then as we grow, we you see, you know, another family member join the business, a cousin, our cousin Ross, who started building Google Docs sales sheets to creating our own CRM through things like Zoho to implementing things like Asana and those things. Getting yeah, serious. Yeah, getting serious. That's right. And that's where you saw it, right? And every time we had a, a thousand customers at that point, we brought a new person on, right? Because then we could manage them. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, it we had nearly 30 people in my auntie's backyard using what? swipe. Yeah, using swipe cards to get in like it's an office. And it just grew out of nowhere. Hang on, um, over what period of time? April 2016 to, you know, like what, June 2018, you know, we grew. And in October 2018, we we entered the um, Deloitte Fast 50 just for shits and giggles, right? Yeah. And we came back with the second fastest tech growing company in Australia um, just behind Afterpay, right? And we thought, well, crazy, this thing's really working. And at that point, the council were getting up us for having all these cars park on the street and, you know, and then neighbours were going, what the hell's going on here with people using swipe cards to get in my auntie's backyard, right? And so then obviously, you know, my brother David yelled at me on the phone and said, this thing is working. Whatever you're doing is working. Whatever we're doing is working. Get your ass back here from Singapore and let's give this thing a proper crack. And I said, all right. And then last year, if you think about it, last I'm not sure if I'm jumping ahead, but last February is when I officially moved back. And that's when we really went to market, right? And then we've probably doubled the business since then as well. What gave Dave the sense that this is time for Big Brother, one and a half minutes yeah. older, to move back? Is it going nuts? And then, and what, but what happened though, right? Um, to, to the biggest thing was that we went nuts. And then we, we plateaued out. And the reason for that mm. in 2000, halfway through 2018, the MBN became a thing for multiple service providers, right? And yeah. so you saw Telstra, Optus, Vodafone start to focus heavily on it. Um, you know, there was a date given to the end of the ADSL network, which was supposed to be June this year, which is still not, hasn't happened yet. And then that we saw another 80 new providers in the market, right? Everybody, you know, trying to be, you know, take a certain percentage of the market. So 80. we needed 80, 80 new providers, right? As small as you name it. Like, I mean, there's a, every day I see, you know, a new one or I hear of a new one. And so the competition- Are they just on yes. that? I mean, that's fascinating. Are they the smart ones trying to niche and say, hey, listen, we're your telco for- I don't know, professional women 30 to 50 or are they all just trying to grab anyone they can? Some of them, I, I, actually, some of them I really like that they, they've, they've tried to be niche. Like, I mean, there's one called Lawntill, which is based in Launceston. Um, and I mean, they, they focus on the, the higher-end fiber optic network and, you know, to consumers. And they, and they only tackle a certain percentage of the market, but, and they bill by day. 
right? And so they've changed their billing. So you get billed by day and it's calculated <laughs> by day instead of month. And, and that's different. I don't know how you, the brain- I don't want to bill every day. Yeah, well, you don't, I don't think you get a bill every day, but I think they're calculated every day, uh, right? Okay. Okay. So anyway, so that's interesting. I'm not saying that works. And then there's, you know, there's Penta, Pentanet that focuses heavily just on the WA and Perth market. Okay, so and, then some of the smart ones are niching. Correct. And, and that's smart. They have to do that, okay. right? Um, so you plateau out because the, the, the whole, the, the landscape changes. What do you do to then get things going again? Literally, that's a very valid point. And so, and that's the reason why I came back. You're saying that we built a bit of a base, right? So first of all, we had a base to communicate to and, and help uh, leverage them to help sell our product, right? Through telling their friends and things like that. But we had a solid network and we had good infrastructure because now we've got capacity on our network and we've got, we've got the right foundations, if that makes sense, from a network perspective. All we needed was the foundations from a brand and sales and marketing perspective. And so what we did in 2019 is take a step back. We took a step back. We ripped off all those Band-Aid solutions that we put in place uh, in that time and built a proper brand and market and sales strategy. And what I mean by that is we, we always had brand values, and but we never documented them properly. You know, we created a mission statement for our business. Uh, we, we did research around what our competitors are doing, you know, what the weather market's going, what the predictions are for, you know, um, MBN connections and households over the next couple of years. And, you know, what do we need to do to be, stay competitive and all these different things. But the biggest thing we did was we built a brand identity, right? And so, so we created a brand identity, what, what we wanted to represent, and then we built a, an always-on marketing plan to get us out there. And then, yeah, fair enough, those probably, if you look at February till June or July, we probably very much plateaued, right? But we, but the foundations that we built and the process that we put in place and the, the people that we hired and the, the office that we ended up having gave us a foundation to accelerate. And now we see it just soaring at the moment. I mean, and obviously COVID has supported that as well, um, being an essential service, but uh, we are, we've got solid foundations from a branding and a, and a market um, placement perspective. And in my opinion, the sky's the limit. And I mean, we can talk about the future in a second, but from a telco perspective, that's in, in high level, that's what we did. Well, let's talk about the importance of marketing. I'm I'm guessing, you know, marketing is is fundamental to mate's success. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Tick, uh, creating a brand. What yep. marketing has worked the best for you in attracting new customers, Mark? Yeah, yeah. well, so um, first of all, I think we've taken a stance away from trying to use the word marketing. It's the customer acquisition team that we call ourselves in in mate. And the reason for that is because, you know, so, and I've worked in a lot of businesses where you have, oh, that's the sales team, that's the marketing team. Mate, everybody's a salesperson, right? And marketing it ultimately drives sales. And I think that's one thing that we've tried to deliver in our business, that it's a customer acquisition department that incorporates sales and marketing, right? Yeah. But I mean, I guess some of the things that we've done is that first of all, we talk about our brand identity, apart from, you know, values and tone and statements and messages and, all, and, and target market, we also built a face, right? And so we wanted to be known for two things with our brand. We wanted to be known for saving Aussies against bad service and bad internet. And we wanted to be known for kicking goals for Aussies. And so what we did, we uh, hired Matt Ryan or we've got Matt Ryan, who's the, um, the Australian goalkeeper at the moment for the Socceroos and also plays in the English Premier League. And he's literally a goalkeeper and he literally saves Aussies on a daily basis with his hands, right? And we said, 
mate, makes sense. Uh, you know, let's get him on board. And and the other one was that um, we wanted to be known for kicking goals for Aussies and who better kicks goals for Aussies at the moment than Samantha Kerr, right? Or Sam Kerr, she likes to be called. And Do you want to explain who her she on is? Board. Oh, so Sam Kerr is Australia's um, football women's team captain for the Matildas. She also plays in the WS League in, in England right for on. Chelsea. So she's the world's highest pay, played women's football at the moment. And she um, she chose us to she chose us in a bunch of other people to be a face of our brand, which we're very proud of. So that was the identity part. And just then, on that, I'm interested. Yeah, uh, two big ambassadors, they wouldn't come cheap. How do you approach them? Do you just go to their management company, and how do you negotiate a price, and how much you're paying them? I know you're not going to answer that last question, but I thought I'd yeah. ask anyway. Uh, well, look, I mean, for us, I, I wouldn't call it uh, – I, I, so I think they're very cost-effective and I've been involved in brand ambassadors and things in the past. Maybe football is not um, is not as big in this market as it is elsewhere, as we all know. But um, you know, I've got to be honest, uh, Matt, uh, Matt Ryan approached us, right, So, which was a good thing. And so I, I, Matt is very, he's a very smart guy. He's what, now he's 27. He, he knows he hasn't got a career in football for the rest of his life. He's, he's made some money and he's doing some really good things. Um, how does he amplify his brand, right? And so he reached out to us and, and I, think, I, I think his family had personal experiences by being our customers and things oh, like yeah. that. And so that's how that's how that happened. And then we and then he came he came here in the off season and he met us and ate my auntie's meatballs downstairs in the office. <laughs> and, uh, and that's another story. But it's uh, history. Yes, yeah, it's history. And then and then Sam, my view is that you know mate can be very blokey as well, right? And I've always had the view that everybody should be mates. And how do we how do we distinguish that? How do we let females especially know that any anybody's a mate and we're not just a male orientated business and and that's where Sam came in and and we chose Sam through voting in our business so we got all the guys and the girls in our business to decide okay we want to be known for kicking goals for Aussies who do you think does that best uh, and then Sam Kerr came up on everybody's mouths and so it wasn't hard to be honest with you you reach out to the relevant agent have a conversation I remember Sam was in Chicago that time so we did a bit of a video call about two o'clock in the morning our time she asked me a bunch of questions I told her a bit about us and she goes would I sign which was great wow so how much? Um, uh, I'm not going to tell you how much <laughs> <laughs> damn well okay uh, um, um, it's, it's not as much not- as you would think yeah, and I probably I, I often hear that she's. It's not going to be cheap. How do you measure? How do you quantify the success of brand ambassadors of that status? Well, I mean, it's 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 a good question, and it's probably there's no foolproof plan out there to do that, right? But I mean, we do a lot of research. You know, we ask people, um, you know, about did you see this ad, and and um, you know, through you know, some from focus groups and some mm-hmm. some online marketing, and you know, you, you know, you ask things like, uh, did you see this ad, or do you remember this ad, or things like that. Everybody remembers, oh mate, that's the, the people I speak to. They, oh mate, you're you're the guys that have um, that work with Sam and Matt, right? And so, even wow. though there's no, I mean, sorry, uh, let me take a step back. Like, if you look at digital ads and social ads, if you look at that as a measure, you can, you know, where you use different creative, you measure different creative and see, you know, what high, uh, higher clicks you get or, or whatever it is. And I mean, we, by clearly in all our data that 
the creative that we have Matt and Sam on them get higher clicks than the creative that we don't. Yeah, right. right? Because yep. we have yep. we have the external brand, which is Matt and Sam. But once you become a customer of mate, we have all these characters that represent all different things in our business. And that's how we can communicate to you. But you can quite, and we've tested and trialed both, right? And you see, we go, when Matt and Sam are on there, I guess it resonates with people. Even if they don't mm. know who they are, it's a person, it's a face, it makes sense. And, and the people click through and that's, one thing that we can do it by. And then we, you know, we did a lot of stuff through um, some media through Bean Sports, which is that football channel on Foxtel. And obviously right. that represents the brand ambassadors quite well. And if you look at the sales we've gone from there, people go, people ring up and, and online put notes and saying, oh, I saw, I, I bought it because I want to support Australian football. I want to support Sam or Matt. And so we know it, it does a lot. You know, having a face does more than having, not having a face. Absolutely. Now, you are very big at mate on customer service. It comes mm-hmm. through very clearly in just reading your website, the way you're talking, you are in the business of customer happiness. What's your sort of secret sauce around that? Because again, I don't think enough of, enough businesses kind of focus on that. I think Tony Shea from Zappos is the kind of doyen of all that. Yeah. He wrote the book on, um, what was it called? Something, um, something Happiness. But what's that philosophy and how do you make sure that everyone within your business adheres to it? So the philosophy, first of all, is we don't have any fandangle, big course and customer service course, et cetera. Sure, we have the the mate, what we call the mate Bible. And the mate Bible, it has every single process, you know, for every single thing that you need to do if you need to look it up. But our simple philosophy is, is, is we call it the head, the heart and the hands, right? And our view is that, if we can get into a customer's head on the phone by giving them information that empowers them to be comfortable with choosing mate as their provider, then we'll get into their hearts, which drives loyalty and long-term customers. And if we get into their heads and get into their hearts, then they'll do something with their hands, which is buy our products. And that's literally our philosophy when it comes to customer service. And so when we do call reviews or we talk to the team, we you know there's frustration or there's something going on. We said, okay, go back to your core. Um, have you got into their heads? And have you enabled that um, that information to get into their hearts? And they, are they doing something with their hands, which is buying our product? And my my opinion is that obviously we've got the you know the information they need to service different situations, but in telco space, and especially what we do, it's impossible to understand uh, to have the same scenario multiple times, right? And so I think the head, heart, hands philosophy makes sure that everybody is focused on delivering the right service in any situation. <laughs> Brilliant. You put Thank some you. work in. Like, you, you know, you guys you come from Microsoft and, you know, you come from some yeah. big places and it's clear that you've kind of brought a lot of those learnings oh. that you can learn from the big guys in and are really Absolutely. kind of tweaking it so that, I don't, I don't know what the word is, but you said dumbing down earlier, but you're just normalising, you know, these marketing fundamentals. Humanising. It's humanising, right? It's, it's, it's making sure that everyday person is considered with a, not an everyday sort of scenario. Yeah, you know, like you. Uh, another part of mate marketing is your pod, your podcasting. Now, why did you start a podcast? Leading question, and um, you enjoy it. Well, first of all, I'll start with. I love a, I love doing podcasts. I think it enables us and the people that do it in my customer acquisition team enables us to express ourselves um, to a bigger audience. But why we started it is because there's, a, there's some media outlets that that asked our PR agency saying, "Hey, these guys have got a great story. I reckon they should do a a, a podcast." And I said all right, well, let's do a podcast. And our sales and marketing director, Dom, in 24 hours, he had a podcast studio set up and 
I don't know, the rest is history, right? And But then what we did, we, st- we built a, you know, a structure around the, what we want to achieve. And it was, it's called, it's, we call it Let's Be Mates. And the whole purpose is talking to our mates, pe- businesses and people that helped us to get to where we are today or have been along our journey at some point. And if you look at the, the, cus- the people we've had on, we've had, um, you know, La Liga, the, uh, which is the Spanish Football League. We've had UFC. We've had a lot of sports personalities. We had a lot of technical. Yesterday, we interviewed Asana as well because you know Asana that so why would I listen as a, as a punter why would I listen you, you, you would listen because you've got uh, a bunch of everyday people with a unique story that in our view became successful by just doing the everyday better and if you're looking to get into business or you've got an entrepreneurial okay. flair uh, and you want to do something learn from our mistakes and and start properly because I think we've got a lot of knowledge and and history to share. And I think hopefully that inspires you to go out there and create your dream in a bigger way because that's what we did. You are a family run business. Uh, let's talk people and culture. You've got your mum or your, who's, who's coming in and cooking lunch <laughs> every day for how many people? When we started in my auntie's backyard, it was yeah. my auntie who used to bring out the spaghetti and meatballs and <laughs> you name it every day to my brother because he was sitting there. And then yeah. that just gradually grew to be a thing, right? And yeah. and so when we moved to our, um, we've got an office in the city, an office um, out Western Sydney as well. But when we moved to our big office in Western Sydney, we took the auntie with us because that was something <laughs> that was core to our business family, right? Um, and look, we've got about 66 people. Um, and if I know nine of them are my cousins, first cousins. Right? My uh, my little brother is our project manager. My twin brother is obviously CEO, and my nephew. My nephew took a gap year from finishing year twelve, and he he works here in the in the customer support team. And so you know, and Marnie, well, not at the moment because of COVID, but um, it, you know, when you when you upstairs is where the magic and the craziness happens. If you go downstairs, we've got a gym and a chill out room, and Marnie comes and kisses everybody on the face twice and <laughs> kicks, kicks their feet off the table and says, you know, what are you wearing today? You know, and all those different things. And it just becomes uh, like a, a family environment downstairs and it takes all the worries away of what happened. It sounds upstairs. amazing, Mark. Do you worry, uh, Italians are fiery people by nature, when, when you have to have the hard conversations, maybe you need to fire someone, maybe you need to tell someone to just pull their socks up because it's just not good enough. How do you do that without causing rifts in the family? I mean, I don't know how you, to be honest with you, I don't know how you do that because, and it hasn't happened today, right? But I, I think if you look at our history where um, my auntie and my mum are sisters and, there's, and, and all the cousins that work here, all our mums are sisters, right? And, you know, and if you look at our, our mums and our dads, they all migrated in, you know, troublesome times and, you know, a lot of them didn't speak English when they migrated here and they, they learned English, did it hard in, in regards to working and gave us everything that we have today to be able to achieve what we've done. And I think that respect and that understanding that sacrifice that they gave, they gave to allow us to do what we do, we don't take it for granted. And, 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 and another thing as well in this business, I feel like everybody knows where they start and finish with their role. And I think that's key, right? There's, there's um, not a lot of overlap in regards to ownership, if it makes sense. Everybody overlaps in general, but everybody owns their part. And I think, um, I think that, I think clarity, I think uh, we, we have this um, three-step process, right? We have a process that says planning, process, communication. Everything you do 
is based on planning, based on process and based on communication. If you do those three things in every single scenario, you can't go wrong because everybody understands what the plan is. Everybody understands how to get there through the process and everybody understands what's going on through the communication. And I think that's enabled us to do that. Now, the only people that fight is my brother and I, and only because we, we're saying the same thing, but in a different way. Right. And, yeah, um, yeah. But it's, it's love. It's, it's a love fight, right? But, um, that's awesome. To, yeah, tell and, me, one of the, one of the things yeah. um, the big telcos do in order to keep their prices down, I guess, is outsource as much as they can and not outsource within Australia, but outsource overseas. I mean, we all know that whenever we call any of the big brands, whether it be a telco or a bank or an insurance company, you're generally going to end up in the Philippines or South Africa or somewhere like that. You outsource nothing. Everything is kept within Australia. I mean, do you just therefore accept a lower margin or how do you do that? Simply how we do it, right? You're, you're exactly right. Um, we accept a lower margin. We, we make less. and But I mean, we, we keep more. Right, it's you know the, my view is that those those bigger telcos, there's so there's so many different departments, so and so many different people that that look at their data and and their results in so many different ways that I call it it's a churn and burn scenario, right? My, uh, my view is that if we're going to get a customer in, we st- we keep them, right? It's win and keep it, and I, they've got a churn and burn scenario. And I mean, absolutely, I mean, we, we sure we could outsource it and and save a hell of a lot of money, but. The flip side of that is we'll probably lose a lot of people, right? And then, look, my, my thing is if I talk quickly about outsourced outsourcing and courses, my view is that outsourcing is not a problem and it's and it solves the solution overseas. But the problem is not outsourcing, in my opinion. The problem is education of those people in those outsource environments, right? Um, you, you know, if you're a, a big talker to outsource, what happens is in the Philippines, you, you, you give them a book and what's in that book? is all they can help, right? And anything that goes outside of that, um, they have no clue. And that's where customers get frustrated, right? Whereas our, our customer service staff here, they've all connected MBN themselves because they live in this country. They they understand the market. They understand what the competitors are doing. They understand the products because they've got, they've got them in front of them. And you can't beat that, right? You can't even, you can't teach that is what I'm trying to say. Couple of minutes left, Mark. What's the future hold for Mate? Well, we, you know, we've been focused very heavily on uh, in the past on cost-conscious customer. Now we're very focused on the value customer and passion customers, right? So we know the the more the more value we can deliver to a customer, and and the more passions that we can hit, um, are, are going to drive us long-term customers and more customers. So think of bundling newest new services on one bill. Um, think streaming services. Think entertainment. All those different things that make sense to somebody in a in a talko space in a talko world. Think, you know, uh, branding by association. Think of some key sponsorships and things out there in the market that we potentially will partner with as well. But Mate, you um, are saying all this with a big, big smile on your face. You're clearly pretty excited. It's Again, it's. Uh, I speak to a lot of businesses that would be deemed successful right this minute, but you just feel like uh, you're one of those ones that is in day one and the, there's such a great future ahead. Oh, look, uh, yeah, exactly. And look, I think we're planned. We're, we've got the right backing. We're not a, we're not a business that's running on a, on a loss where, you know, we're doing really well and everything that we're doing seems to be resonating and we seem to be winning. And I'm excited about what the future holds. I think we've got the right people and the right plan to, to make a are difference. You, are you going to float? Are you going to sell? I mean, you must uh, have people knocking on your door. 
Yeah, we do. And, you know, like I mentioned uh, probably before, you know, we've never taken on cash and that's something that we need to consider as well. But I mean, floating in the future, you know, we're years away from that, I think. You never know what happens, right? But look, we've got the plans that we want to succeed and we want to deliver to the market. We want to make sure, like our mission statement, uh, it's uh, with everyday people providing products consumers want with the value and service they deserve and watch for that service and that value come come true in the next, next 12 months. Mark Fazio of Mate uh, Telco. It's an awesome story. Let'sbemates.com.au is where you can go and sign up. And um, what's on the menu today, Mark? Is it a, a carbonara or a, a Zabologna? Well, my auntie just bought in some cannoli, so that's not good for the waistline. That's definitely not sure. <laughs> but hey, you can't complain. All right, buddy. I'll just get stuck into this part of the blueberries I've got next to me. Thanks so much for sharing, brother. Mate. No worries. Thanks for having me on. What a great story. (laughs) And by the way, what a great lunchtime menu. I reckon I'd put on like 10 kilograms a week if I worked at Mate Telecommunications. Here's my top three attention grabbers from that chat with mates Mark Fazio. Attention grabber number one. I love how he says Mate is a customer happiness business that just so happens to sell telecommunications. Puts a completely different spin on on how he takes that business to market from a even just from a marketing messaging point of view. Attention grabber number two. On top of that, I love how Mark empowers the customer by giving them every reason to not stick with them. This seems counterintuitive, but once a customer decides to stay with mate, it would appear they're a mate for life. Excuse the pun. And attention grabber number three. I love how the brand has its own language. And this is such a powerful point of difference in a world of sameness in which we find ourselves. What kind of language could you create for your business? Might be a fun little exercise to do with you and your staff. That's what grabbed my attention. Whatever grabbed yours, good, bad, or indifferent, leave a comment in the show notes over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 517. Oh, yes, indeed, Lee Doodley. It is time to reward another motivated listener for listening to this podcast, number one, but more importantly, for taking some serious marketing action, for implementing. Today's winner is Gina of Wallandella Designs. Now, I don't even know what Gina's surname is because she didn't have it in her email or her email signature. But that's okay. Here's what she had to say. She said, hey, Tim, Gina from Wallandella Designs here. I've only recently stumbled across your podcast and have instantly become hooked on the amazing guests you have on your show and the nuggets of gold they share about their personal business journeys. journeys. Love it. You know, I was talking earlier about a brand having its own language. I love how uh, Gina is repeating some of the language I use for my brand, like gold. Hey, we love that. Uh, She goes on to say, for me, one thing that stood out in episode 508 was Michelle Young's idea of creating a wholesale database through searching the white pages listing. This is genius, she says. I've been approaching retailers to stock my handmade products for some time, but searching them and making contact with them one by one has been difficult. This idea of Michelle's, and by the way, Michelle's, uh, she was the pop-up store expert. She has put me leaps and bounds ahead of where 
where I would have been a few weeks ago approaching retailers. And I've saved so much time to do other things within my business. Thank you for the amazing podcast and endless resources that are allowing me to project and further my business. Cheers, Gina. Gina, well done to you for taking the trouble to let me know that and for implementing. You've won a full range of Liars Spirits. They're non-alcoholic spirits, valued at over 500 bucks, $75 voucher to get a torsion bar, a Bonjoro license, vouchers for Sendall and Tradies. You get some Mr. Lee's noodles promotion on this show and a backlink in the show notes, which Google absolutely love. Well done to you, Gina. Everyone else, send me an email. One idea you've learned from this show and implemented, what impact it's had on your business. Keep it short. If I read it out on air, you win. Well, that should almost do it for episode 517. Feel free to leave me feedback over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 517 where you can grab a copy of my popular marketing text, The Boomerang Effect. If you're loving what we're doing over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ, then you'll find 516 more episodes on the Podcast One Australia app. Next time around, we catch up with Rami Yikmore, whose 30 location restaurant business called Rache's is booming during this COVID-infected, I was going to say affected and infected times. Uh, Incredible what he's done. He's made some genius moves in an industry that's really been negatively impacted by COVID. Very interesting chat next week. If you're getting value from listening, then please let other business owners know about the Small Business Big Marketing Podcast, which was presented by me, Timbo Reid and brutally put together by a bunch of extremely talented audio aficionados over at Podcast One Australia. Until next time, thank you so much for tuning in. May your marketing be the best marketing. Bye for now.